And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's no the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show, that is at HEFpod. You can also follow us on Facebook for all the latest news and information on Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. That's facebook.com slash HEFpod. Also drop us an email every now and then. That can be uh, done at heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. So, Eintracht had a good weekend, but we're really not here to talk necessarily just about the Eintracht's result that we had over Wolfsburg, hoo-hoo. Uh, we're actually here to talk about Eintracht versus Werder Bremen, uh, the rematch of the match that was delayed due to Eintracht's involvement in the Europa Pokal when we had uh, it delayed 24 hours due to a storm that was in the area. And so Eintracht versus Bremen was pushed back. And now, <laughs> guess what? We play this upcoming Wednesday. And so I thought it would be great to bring in a real Werder Bremen and just general Bundesliga expert at that. He had, people will know him from his work with Talking Foosball as well as the Bundesliga Fanatic. Uh, he is uh, the Norwegian uh, Bundesliga expert that is Nicholas Vildhagen. Hey Nick, how are you? Hi, hi Brian, how are you? Um, I'm I'm fine. Uh, yeah, it's it's good to be on your show, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to talk a bit about the upcoming match, which is a really is a bit of a bonus for both teams. Indeed, it is. As both teams were able to get uh, comfortable. Well, comfortable would be not be the right sort of word. Uh, <laughs> a one goal margin for both. Comfortine wins. Uh, at the weekend, uh, both considering each other's uh, place in the Bundesliga table, which I'll read out as present. Um, oh, please the don't. Monday, yeah, Monday game has yet to uh, take place, so we still have yet to find out what whether uh, Cologne will be going up a few more or not when they play uh, uh, RB Leipzig. Probably but, not. Uh, <laughs> probably not, indeed. Um, Werder Bremen. Uh, with 28 matches played, is on 25 points. Uh, two points above them is Dusseldorf in the relegation playoff spot. And then in 15th, just three points above, is F.S. Val Mainz 05. Uh, those uh, ugly carnival guys will be feeling the sting of an Eintracht loss soon enough to come. Uh, but needless to say, uh, with Eintracht on 12th uh, on 32 points, this is really squeaky bum time, as uh, some people like to call it, and reminds me a little bit of uh, match day 34, uh, the 2015-2016 season, where basically Eintracht needed to just not lose to avoid the relegation playoff spot. And what did they do? They traveled to Werder Bremen, and then... All hell broke loose in the 80th minute, and I went into, from my own standpoint, an emotional tailspin. (laughs) Nick, Werder Bremen has found themselves once again in another relegation scrap. It seems, you know, one year you don't have to worry about it, another year you do. You're back in it once again. How did you guys get to this point? Well, um... It's it's complicated, really. Um, I think 
it's sort of a bit of a perfect storm scenario for Werder, really. Because, for one thing, there were all the injuries at the start of the season which really hampered the team and which saw them never getting off to a, to a good start. So they, they finished the Hinrunde on, uh, what was it, 13 points or something. And they, they really were hampered by these injuries, all those, you know, throughout the entire Hinrunde. And they uh, were in... You know, in, uh, on top of suffering those, I, I do think that the transfers made by Frank Baumann during the uh, summer transfer window weren't really that brilliant. I mean, you had Irma Toprak coming in to show up the defense, which, um, you know, sounds like a good idea on paper because obviously you get a player who's good enough for Borussia Dortmund. Well, watch what he can do at Werder Bremen, right? Well, it's... It's a bit complicated because Omar Toprak has really been injury riddled, and um, you know these days I think he probably most he knows most doctors in Bremen from the variety of injuries he's caught ever since he arrived at Werder Bremen. <laughs> um, add to that Niklas Füllkrug, who was really a big gamble, uh, given that he too had a rechecked history with uh, a lot of injuries. Um, and he got, of course, an ACL tear, an injury that he didn't have didn't have had previously but you know it, it just lacked from his uh, you know long list of injuries so he had to catch it well once he was at Bremen uh, and on top of that there weren't really any other really big name signings um, add to that that the team is sort of a bit too old uh, you know the age average for voters starting lineups have been among the oldest in the league for for some time now Add to that the injuries that uh, the team had to suffer from all all hindering along, and add to that a few uh, really unfortunate results. Um, so, if you, for instance, take a look at the xG um, uh, go, goals, you know the expected goals conceded and expected goals scores, Verde should actually be slightly higher up in the table, but they have been slightly unfortunate in some matches and that sort of tailspinned and spiraled into a season that uh, really was full of mishaps and full of uh, you know close matches that didn't go Verda's way and then at the end the things really in the in the Rückrunde they really didn't didn't pick up and and the team really looked dire um until that Leverkusen match, which was an absolute disaster. But it, it looks now like Florian Korfeld has been able to turn things around ever so slightly with uh, seven points from, from the last three matches, which uh, is encouraging. But um, yeah, things have sort of been going from being a uh, sort of the disaster of a tornado, uh, and now it's sort of been downgraded to very heavy rainfall. I could say that the Eintracht has had kind of an up and down season, just like you guys. Uh, not exactly gotten the uh, return for the Corona piles, uh, if you want to call it that. Haven't had as many points as Werder, as as you mentioned. You know, some points from the last three, including a nil-nil draw with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Something that did not happen at all with the Eintracht, as we got waxed in that one, but. You kind of mentioned some of the issues, uh, like a lot of injuries and a lot of aging players. Is this, is this more of Florian Kofeld, like not having the players uh, brought to him from a management level? 
and, or is this more Florian Kofeld knowing how to play just one way and not realizing, hey, guess what? My one way is not working. We need to scrap that. Need to uh, reconfigure everything. Uh, as with these things, I think it's a rather complicated matter and um, not being on the inside, it's, it's not... Uh, very easy to give a very accurate and, and good answer to this. But, um, I mean, the other day I, I read in uh, the Bremen newspaper, Visa Career, that um, Florian Kofeld had taken over the coaching of set pieces, how to defend against them and how to take them from his assistant. And um, ever since, uh, Werder haven't conceded a single goal from set pieces. Uh, set pieces have been sort of the Achilles heel for Werder Bremen this season. I think they've conceded something like 18 or 20 goals from set pieces so far this season. So you wonder why didn't that happen earlier in the season? So some of the blame surely has to go to Florian Korfeld for not being uh, able to, you know, take charge a little bit earlier. But yeah, I do. I do think that the players brought in um, weren't necessarily the sort of signings that would grant you a good position in the table. Add to that that a lot of players are on loan, um, and the uncertainty going forward. It's not really. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of a it, it sort of paints a picture of of a club that is desperate for new signings but they don't have the necessarily the resources to get them so they do sort of do the accounting tricks of you know by getting them on loan and uh, agreeing to a buy option for the next season so they actually are have spent next season's money for the tr for signings already on Irma Toprak and Leonardo Bittencourt now Bittencourt I really uh, I, I really went hard on him on a Norwegian podcast the other day um uh, slagging him off uh, because he hasn't necessarily been the greatest of players so far this season. What does the bastard do? Well, he gets the two goals that uh, Werder has scored ever since, securing them re six really vital points. Um, He's obviously paying direct attention to you and realizing that the criticism that you are giving him is the driving force uh, behind Werder Bremen's success then. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, Leonardo Bittencourt is, is known as a friend of Norway and uh, his Norwegian is impeccable. Uh, but yeah, I, I, but I, I, as I said, I think it's sort of a lot of, sort of like a perfect storm scenario where, where a lot of things that could go wrong have gone wrong. Uh, the club doesn't necessarily know why they have had so many injuries. And another, you know, a part of that picture was also that a lot of players were injured during their rehab phases, which is something that I've rarely heard about before. But I think, I mean, Ludwig Augustinsson got injured during his rehab. The same thing happened with, uh, I think, Milos Novakovic and a couple of other guys. And it's sort of like, you're training to become fit. How can you get injured? It It's really baffling. Uh, I mean, the strain and the sort of training amount that these guys who are in rehab had to put in, which was uh, not directed by Florian Kohlfeld, but by a medical team, must have been too great, surely. Um, so it, it's sort of a lot of things that could have gone wrong have gone wrong. And, you know, if you take each thing that went wrong this season and you would take it as sort of 
look at it in isolation, you would say, well, yeah, a team can cope with that. But there's just so, 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 so many things that were wrong at the same time that that is basically why a club that said we want to challenge for a European spot at the start of the season now finds itself really at the mercy of uh, other clubs, uh, you know, winning against their opponents in the relegation battle because right now Werder Bremen are two points behind the relegation playoff spot. Yeah, and uh, right now it doesn't happen to help the fact that you kind of mentioned uh, being at the mercy of the other clubs that are above them. I would say Augsburg and Union being on 31 points at present and Eintracht are a little bit far out enough that only a relegation playoff spot would kind of be in that likeness, but um, Take for turn Dusseldorf, um, remove that uh, 5-0 thrashing that they got at the hands of Bayern. And they had not lost since, uh, they had not lost a match since February. And so that was um, really for, and they had made a coaching change, uh, bringing Uwe Brosler. You know, he had at least gotten uh, them on a consistent basis, getting at least earning points, scratching them out. Werner Bremen now doing that. And you got Mainz, who's kind of, Free form right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No form against uh, Leipzig. And then uh, Hoffenheim did them no favors and take out Cologne doing their epic comeback. It really, I, Dusseldorf is the easiest to catch based on the table, but I'm almost thinking that unless Mainz do a turnaround, that uh, Mainz might be actually easier to catch, considering the fact that, sadly, uh, uh, the match against Dusseldorf's already been played. That was match day uh, 18, and that ended up being a win for Werder Bremen. And you, I'm looking almost like further down the line and thinking that match day 33, I mean, you hope that Werder Bremen's in a better position, but that might be kind of the end-all, beat-all, last, last chance to be able to save the season at this point. Or do you think that Werder Bremen, based on the most recent matches, uh, will be pulling themselves out, and so that won't be just uh, so much a do or die match on uh, June the twentieth, match day thirty three. It really depends on how this week is turning out, because uh, for one, there's the match against Eintracht Frankfurt. If Werder if wins it, um, it basically pulls Eintracht Frankfurt down into the into the relegation mix again. If Eintracht wins it, uh, Eintracht are pretty much out of it, in, in my opinion. Uh, especially based on Düsseldorf's really hard, tough run-in, because I think I think they still face RB, Leipzig, and uh, and Dortmund. So um, you know that the the match on Wednesday is really probably the most important match out of the matches Werder Bremen has played since the restart of the season. Uh, throw into the mix that Werder face Wolfsburg on the upcoming Saturday. Uh, Wolfsburg, a team which has sort of been uh, sort of a bit of a mixed bag uh, because uh, either they've turned up like at their 4-0 win against or 4-1 win against Bayer Leverkusen away from home or they simply haven't shown. So um, get six points from those two matches and you might actually be above you know the relegation places get none and you you're pretty much the best you can hope for is is the relegation playoff spot exactly and 
it does, I would say, help the fact that you still have Paderborn still left on the schedule. Yeah, and Britain. Mainz and Cologne at that point. Yeah, time, exactly. exactly. mostly free now. You would not, I mean, I would think that might be them in that mid-table zone where can't go, can't go down, can't qualify for Europe. That, that will almost play into Bremen's hands. The only match that look on there and just say, you know, you got to chalk it up to a loss. As much as I hate to say that to being a fan of just the Bundesliga in general, it's uh, Bremen and Munich, which <laughs> that's more or less going to be one of those. I mean, uh, I mean, Werder have pretty much only opponents that they can, should hope to get points from left at this stage of the season besides Bayern München because that that's, yeah, let's be realistic, that's not going to happen. Um, so... The, as, as I said, I mean, the, the, the matches against Eintracht and Wolfsburg are pretty much going to decide whether or not the season is going to turn around at this stage because, um, look, these are going to be two hard-fought matches and um, what you can expect right now is that um, Fortuna Düsseldorf might drop off slightly um, and then there's the question of uh, how Augsburg, how Mainz, and how Eintracht and all these other teams in the mix are going to react. Um, for Werder, it might be a good thing if Cologne actually is out of the thick of the relegation battle by the time they play them. Because at that point, uh, I mean, what's there to play for for Cologne if Werder all has, has all still to play for? So it's, it's sort of like, um, as a Werder fan, you're, right now you're do, sort of doing a mental um, arithmetic uh, each weekend, uh, looking at, at the rest of the matches and, and thinking what you might get out of them. Having said that, um, after that defeat against Leverkusen, I I really thought that the team was done and dusted and that they were only moving one direction and that was down. Uh, at this point, I think they do have a fighting chance. And honestly speaking, I would be rather disappointed if they didn't at least get the relegation playoff spot. I think it's really attainable. Uh, sadly, I do think that the Eintracht is going to have a lot to say in that, not just with the match on Wednesday as the follow-up match uh, this coming Saturday is actually going to be Eintracht versus Mainz themselves. So, <laughs> Werder Bremen fans might be coming an Eintracht fan mostly due to the fact that uh, we play Cologne. As I mean, yeah, we, our interaction for... The relegation battle really is all about uh, this upcoming weekend. So, you know, for whatever result they get against the Eintracht is what they get. And then you got Wolfsburg and, you know, Eintracht versus Mainz is really going to be, uh, it's every, every match day is going to be just this kind of nail binder. It's like, we got to take care of business and hope that other people will do it as well. Because like I said, 16th is attainable. It's the 15th that is just, so hard to uh, possibly grasp at, but hey, you know, crazier things have happened. <laughs> they, they have, and and to be honest, I mean, I, I really don't, I really don't see how mines are going to get out of their current situation because they are really a quagmire at this point. Um, so I mean, fifteenth might be a feasible, uh, feasible spot to claim for voter payment, but. It's, uh, I mean, based on the entire season, I, I think if it hadn't been for the Corona break, we would already see Werder Bremen in, um, in the Bundesliga too. 
Um, and uh, at least with one uh, Nordor, uh, uh, at least one Nordorby uh, possibility on the cards, whether that be Hosvel or you know uh, Saint Pauli as well, in addition to Hosvel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I was sort of like after the match against Hertha, I thought, well, that, this is only going to go one day, and it's going to go down, and. Um, I sort of was looking at the table of the Bundesliga too and saying, well, okay, what interesting teams haven't I visited and what grounds do you want to see? And I was sort of like looking all excited at... Um, Heidenheim, why not? No, <laughs> no not That's... necessarily Heidenheim. Sandhausen was <laughs> great this time of year, isn't it? Um, no, I was sort of looking at Erzgebirge Auer um, as, as you know one of those places in East Germany that I, I desperately want to visit because... Uh, the the club has a great history. Uh, the fans are great, and it's it's really a small, intimate stadium that is, uh, uh, you know, really serving its community well. Um, so uh, our was really high up on my list uh, of uh, potential matches to go to, and then COVID nineteen happened, and uh, that sort of turned things on its head. And uh, you know what? I mean, these matches uh, without spectators, they, um. Are really sort of a mixed bag because um, I I do think that a team like Verda has stands maybe a better chance at home. Uh, I mean, what people have told me uh, who've been at the Verda Stadion and um, what I've sort of spotted myself whilst watching on television is, is the fact that Verda oftentimes dropped points at home when they were sort of a drawing matches. Um, because they were committing too many men forward and the team got too overexcited from the crowd. So it might actually be positive that there isn't any people watching the match. I mean, it sounds terrible to say, and it is terrible to say. But, um, Especially you know, as Werder Bremen, I mean, one thing you mentioned with the uh, money issues, it was brought up actually on Talking Fuswell, like the amount of money that match day revenue that is being lost by Werder Bremen. And Werder Bremen is one of, I think, the only Bundesliga club that is 100% still just membership owned there's no one who owns more than just you know the membership equivalent and i think yeah i don't um, know if that's a long-term thing that for the can continue um yeah i mean that that really speaks to um sort of a larger picture um <laughs> matter with i know i'm opening football. i'm opening up pandora's box with that one and yeah, you're really yeah. opening a can of worms here aren't you but um yeah let's let's dive straight into it and eat some worms um well <laughs> with the last vintos coming in at herta bc that might actually be an actual game changer because then you have a money man who um has made a lot of money obviously or seemingly at least from what seems to be really rather dubious business affairs, and uh, he uh, looks a bit like a toddler who uh, uh, has just beaten his little brother and uh, seems to be utterly happy about it. Um, and he probably is that sort of man, going by what his business earlier business associates have said about his dealings. Uh, so, but that that really is a game changer because there you have a man who has come in and who has really committed a lot of money to a club that um, I mean it's Hertha BC. It's um, it's not the most attractive club within German football, is it? No, 
No, it's, it is not. It's, it's not. And and suddenly they are sort of on the transfer market saying, yeah, we can spend up to 100 million euros and get players that really are bringing us forward. I mean, before Wintos came in, would you have imagined somebody like Cunha joining Hertha BSC? Of course you wouldn't. So that, that really is a game changer. And that really is food for thought for clubs like Werder, Mainz, Eintracht. I mean, how are they going to compete with that sort of... Uh, financial muscle going forward um, i don't think yeah i don't think that they are i think that Mainz is a good example i think that augsburg is another good example and paderborn and uh, pick three within uh or even you know i guess you could also say maybe freiburg into that like four teams that are part of the bundesliga but are not that won't come off as sexy because hertha berlin what do they have going for them um, they're well, they you know, really big, a tr- very traditional big club, club. And big they're in the big city. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, they are. But uh, and so the the marketing possibilities are a bit better than in, let's say, Freiburg. Um, hey, I uh, like my Black Forest cherry cake. You know, <laughs> who doesn't? But I mean, it's not. Something that's going to be a real drawing power, especially if an investor comes in. How are you going to bring players in? Like, I take my own American League, uh, Major League Soccer, and how many people really want to go to Columbus, Ohio over Miami, L.A., or New York? Um, well, not me. <laughs> but one before we get into our prediction time for, well hang uh, hang hang on hang on i mean Bruto <laughs> does have uh, does have a does have its american brewery in columbus ohio don't they so uh, yeah i actually might want to go to columbus ohio because well, Bruto hey, is actually they have germantown uh, the eintracht's already visited there and had a good old time when uh, we did our first american tour in like 40 some odd years but hey you know there's all you know beer does make the world go around it Definitely makes it a better place. I mean, <laughs> putting alcoholism aside. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, so we've kind of talked, uh, deviated away from just Eintracht versus Werder in terms of the kind of matchups into more the Bundesliga itself. If I can get you to kind of comment on... Well, at this point, I think that the title is kind of done. Dortmund did themselves no favors by falling, you know, losing to Bayern. And, you know, it was a pretty relatively even match. You just hate this chip that, you know, would have a very a very low uh, possibility to score kind of opportunity from Kimmich. And, you know, suddenly now we're... 29 match days through and there's a seven point gap i think more what's exciting now is not just the relegation race that we've been talking mostly about it's actually the race for the champions league because you got four teams in the running for now i think dortmund's the the best place for that at 60 points but on 56 points each is Gladbach and Leverkusen and Leipzig is still yet to play uh, with uh, their match coming up on Monday and they're on 55 points. It's really an interesting race uh, going to go down for me at the wire and you're just like, who's going to be the odd man left out of the big money of the Champions, uh, the Champions League and then you got the uh, quite significantly less money of the Europa League, which... You know, Eintracht might have made Champions League level money the other year, but we had to go all the way to the semifinals to get it. Mm. Well, um, 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of the Champions League, it's um, for me, uh, the question is going to be who's going to be behind Bayern, Dortmund, and sadly, uh, the Soda Boys from the east of Germany. <laughs> and that is not easy to predict. Um, Each so, half a match with Bayern left, which is that's daunting in and of itself. It is. And, uh, you know, I mean, when it came to that. Uh, Dortmund Bayern match you thought like oh well if Bayern loses that um you know they still have two pretty tough opponents left after that uh so yeah maybe an upset might be possible and uh, somebody else than Bayern might win the league and um obviously uh VAR didn't do Borussia Dortmund any favors when uh, it came to that penalty situation when Boateng blatantly handballed uh, against a shot from uh, Norwegian star striker Erling Haaland. So, yeah, uh, with the Europa League, it's still sort of up in the air as well because all these clubs who are still in the running are sort of topsy-turvy, really. I mean, Hoffenheim, for instance, they lose odd matches like the one against Hertha and then they come back and win one. And uh, same with the Wolfsburg, as I mentioned earlier, they are sort of like... Winning matches against Leverkusen, but then they, they lose odd matches as well, um, like against Eintracht Frankfurt, which from a Werder perspective wasn't really uh, the sort of tonic that Werder needed at the time. Uh, the one time you hope that Wolfsburg wins and they don't. Um, <laughs> so it's sort of like a really up in the air uh, who is going to qualify for uh, for the Europa League. And, uh, you know, seventh, uh, going by how the DFB Pokal is lined up, might actually be enough if Bayern wins the cup. Yeah, you know, I'd rather have Saarbrücken just uh, get at least to the final, you know, at least make it interesting uh, for Eintracht in that final. That'd be at least an, that'd be one of the more entertaining and most lopsided finals you could ever possibly ask for. Saarbrücken, who are going to be uh, going up uh, the season as their original league season has ended. Uh, some people might be interested in what is going on in the lower echelons of the that Bundesliga and uh, German soccer pyramid in general. Nice yeah, Zabrücken is, uh, you know, they're, they're former Bundesliga club as well. Um, yeah, Zabrücken is, is a club with a lot of history, and the Saarland, uh, the part of Germany where they're from, they are actually, it actually has an interesting uh, history as well, because um, it was actually its own country after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have their own national team, uh, I mean, very briefly, but uh, yeah. Shall I, shall, I, shall I mention one fun fact? Uh, we love only, facts here. Uh, there's only one. There's only one coach who's coached three different national teams from Germany that have come from three different countries, and that's Helmut Schön because he coached very briefly the GDR national team after the Second World War, then moved on to coach the Saarland, and in the end, he actually took over from Zepp Herberg as the national team coach of uh, Germany. So Helmut Schoen has coached all three national sides that, you know, the the current uh, geographically area geographic area of Germany has produced. Um, so the Saarland has actually, um, yeah, it has it has produced a lot of history, uh, and Saarbrücken in, in its heart is um, really a club that has uh, a lot of great history to itself. Uh, so yeah, you would you would. 
you would want them to win the cup because they, they haven't really won anything within German football. But then again, Daniel Butz, their brilliant goalkeeper who kept out uh, all those penalties against uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf in the quarterfinals, he might just not be enough to see them all the way through to cup glory. But we wish him all the best, Neil, to say. Before we get to our... I want to switch back to Eintracht versus Bremen because we've had a lovely conversation covering all sorts of things, not just yeah, we've, we've for talk, Bremen. We've, really, talk, but we've talked about that soccer, match for overall. like uh, two minutes <laughs> and then we uh, sort of like talked about anything else, everything else within German soccer, but, uh, you know, the, the current match that we set out to discuss. <laughs> Which is perfectly all right, but I say that the best way to for us to uh, predict uh, the Eintracht versus Van der Bremen match that's coming up. Uh, I'm just like your dog, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like running around in circles all the time. Oh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> but I think the best way to prophesize that match is actually by uh, giving up an example of uh, our favorite segment here at uh, uh, yes. Frankfurt. It is hashtag what are we drinking? Nick, I do believe that you've got a good uh, inter- entry for uh, what are we drinking today. So yes, I'm I'm a bit of um beer nutter, you might say. Uh, I I have over three thousand check-ins on untapped. Oh, nice! Uh, Definitely uh, a profile to follow on that. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> um. So I I you, you said yeah you know go with something local. So I was like yeah I, I go with something uh, local to you or more local to you than I. Um, so I went with a, a beer from South Carolina, which is, um, well, it's, it's not that close to where you are, is it? <laughs> um, a thousand miles. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's, it's closer <laughs> to you than it's to me. Um, anyways, so I went with um, Westbrook Coconut, uh, an imperial stout by Westbrook called Coconutty, uh, which um, according to the description, let me just get the bottle, is a, a silky smooth imperial stout which has been matured in Tennessee whiskey barrels and finished with naughty, naughty amounts of coconut, almonds, vanilla, and cocoa nibs. And it, you know, at 10%, um, it uh, should do me nicely for the night. And uh, it it really tastes great. Uh, I do really like the sort of like whiskey finish you get on it. and yeah, it, it, does, it does have sort of like the coconut flavor to it and then the almonds and the vanilla, as it says on the bottle. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a beer that I, I would recommend. And, uh, uh, you know, given the given the times that the American brewery, uh, brewing uh, industry is facing right now, you, you should buy American beers. Exactly. Drink local. I am sticking with a uh, local brewer myself. Uh, going with a widely known uh, brewing company, Boulevard Brewing Company. Their single wide IPA, their single wide Indiana Pale Ale. It's uh, got a I've had that. that. That is nice. Dark finish. It's first time I've had it in quite a few years. Did not know what to think of it when I pulled it out. But uh, I can definitely say that uh, I made a good choice to that. Um, hashtag what are we drinking? I say Prost. Post. All right, Nick. So 
we've we've had our beers. We've talked about the Bundesliga. We've talked about what is going on with Vedder Bremen. Let's let's nail your colors to the mast. Uh, what are you gonna? Were you predicting for Wednesday's match between Eintracht and Vedder Bremen? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, just, it's a difficult one to predict because I do think that Werder Bremen, they do have shown, they've shown significant improvement uh, in terms of defending set pieces. They've sh- um, shown significant improvement in sort of their pressing work. They have shown significant improvements in, you know, overall, um, overall, really, all over the pitch. Um, what hasn't really been working out for them is um, chance creation and... Um, you know, taking those chances. So you don't, you wouldn't really want to bat on Werder Bremen scoring too many goals. Um, having said that, the defense is much improved. So I think it's going to be a nail biter, and it might very well be a, a draw. Um, mm. If I put all you know my feelings and my green and white heart aside and uh, you know predict the game i would say it's either a nil nil or a one one draw um but you know in, in my heart i of course hope that it's going to be sort of like that spectacular 2-1 win at the visa stadion which uh, is capped off by i i don't know um maybe davy carson getting a <laughs> goal into late into injury time or something like that or Milot Rashidka I mean he got a, a late goal against Eintracht Frankfurt in that 2-2 draw a while ago Oof, so um, <laughs> I mean Milot Rashidka he's uh, he's really given Eintracht Frankfurt fans nightmares I mean he, he scored that free kick goal uh, a while while ago uh, which was in the 96th minute or something which uh, it was so ugh. God, yeah, that... <laughs> so Rashidka is actually uh, Rashidka is actually fit for the match and he's going to play uh, the Britain press reports today. So yeah, maybe watch out for him. But uh, he really hasn't had the greatest run of form of late. I mean, he's been working hard in defense, but uh, his goal creation has suffered and uh, he hasn't scored since Verdes 5-1 loss against Bayern München in the Hinrunde. So um yeah, um, I, yeah, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a real tense nail biter, which is going, it's going all the way to the end. What are your thoughts? Alrighty, I'm feeling a little bit more positive about my Eintracht, mostly down to the fact that if you watched any of Eintracht versus Freiburg, uh, you have a lot of positivity to take out of that because of the amount of chances that the Eintracht had. Yes, the scoreline was. Not representative, not representative of the uh, the XG, which was just through the roof and made everyone across the Bundesliga watching world to say, "What is going on?" You know, the Freiburg goalkeeper really was having a worldie, in my personal opinion. But I am not straying away from the fact that in our previous podcast I said uh, that I was predicting an Eintracht win, and especially after beating uh, Wolfsburg at the weekend, I would say that uh, Eintracht is going to come away with a win, and it's going to be a 2-1 win for the Eintracht over Werder Bremen. But uh, it's it's going to be another uh, close encounter on this one. So. I mean, we agree on one thing. It's, it's going to be close. 
Exactly. Yeah, there's no there's not going to be any you know crazy score lines happening here. I mean, if it ended up being 3 to 3, uh well, I'm pretty sure the betting odds will be pretty you can make some pretty good coin on something like that, needless to say. I don't see this being too crazy high scoring. Now, nah, I mean, if you are looking for high scoring games and you think, oh, no, it's not this one. Nah. Not this one. It'd be, I mean, it would, this is a game that you would have more expected uh, goals than, uh, say, a North Derby, but definitely uh, this one will have but, goals, but, but not many. Well, that, that's the problem about predicting Bundesliga games because the Bundesliga is um, really utterly unpredictable. <laughs> Which is why <laughs> we want, to be honest. Yeah, yes, exactly. But, I mean, for, for uh, pundits and for people who follow the league and who uh, um, <laughs> sort of make, um, make a living of... Uh, predicting things it's really a hard task to do so because um you know here we sit and say uh yeah it's not going to be a crazy game it's not going to be 3-3 and would you have said the same thing about the match against sc freiburg <laughs> of course you would <laughs> of course you would have and yeah. uh and then there's um you know the Bundesliga are just throwing you one of those crazy match days where the goals just keep coming and uh yeah, um, so for all it's worth, um, if you're a betting person, uh, don't rely too heavily on our tips. Uh, I mean, my <laughs> tip would be not to bet on our predictions or on any predictions for those, for those matches. I would totally agree on that. Well, Nick, it's been fabulous having you on the podcast. Uh, where can we find uh, your kind of Bundesliga opinions on the social media landscape of the world? Right, uh, you can find my uh, my opinions and uh, contact me at Norm Musings on Twitter, and you can find my voice on uh, occasionally, at least uh, on Talking Foosball uh, at Talking Foosball on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's a podcast headed by Matt Herman, and uh, it usually tends to be quite a good listen week in and week out, except for all the times I'm on. Because it's absolutely rubbish. <laughs> oh, it's no. Oh, it's actually great listening, folks. If you are not subscribed to Talking Football, it is the original English language speaking podcast covering the Bundesliga and has done so since Nick, what, 2013, I think is when you guys got started on that project? 2012 or 2013, yeah. We've been uh, almost around for 10 years and. Uh, yeah, uh, we do have a Patreon account, and we haven't really been uh, uh, paying too much attention to it, but uh, what I can promise <laughs> you right here on this podcast is that uh, I've actually uh, have a few things planned for the Patreon account next season, so uh, you should stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, obviously, uh, the uh, weekly roundup uh, of Bindsley uh, Action with Matt Herman is uh, well worth a listen because... Uh, you know, uh, contrary to me, he is actually uh, a Bundesliga expert, and he uh, <laughs> does have uh, <laughs> does you know he does broadcasting rather well. Exactly. 
All right. So, and you can all, of course, follow us. That is at, at HEFpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash HEFpod. And, of course, if you want to tweet at me uh, your opinions or tell me that I'm uh, completely wrong in my viewpoints, that is at KCSG. So, thank you for listening to episode uh, 129 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, ways that you can watch uh, the Eintracht versus Werder Bremen uh, match in the English speaking world. So, uh, you have BT Sport that's covering you in the United Kingdom. The United States has that on FS2 and the Fox Soccer uh, match pass for the last few weeks until it switches over to ESPN and ESPN Play Caribbean all over the Caribbean region. In Sportsnet in Canada, and BN Sports in Australia and New Zealand. If you have any other countries that you are looking to watch the match in, uh, message us uh, facebook.com/hefpod or on Twitter at hefpod, and we'll be able to help you out with uh, ways to watch the match. So, in the meantime, thanks for Nick for joining us, and uh, until then, juice. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, cha la 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 la.